We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What's up, listeners? This is Curtis Patrick. I just wanted to stop by and say thank you for supporting Rotoviz Radio. You are the absolute best audience in the business, and I know it. As a special thank you, I'm offering 10% off your next Rotoviz subscription. Just use code 2020RVRADIO at checkout. That's right. Go to rotoviz.com, click subscribe, and enter code 2020RVRADIO at checkout for 10% off. You can even extend your subscription. Oh, and one more thing. If you haven't ever done it, please rate and review the podcast you're listening to right now on Apple Podcasts. It's really easy. It only takes like 10, 15 seconds. Just do it. We'd love to hear your feedback. Now, back to the show. Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one, Adams, touchdown! This time going deep for Beckham Jr. Hello, everyone. You're listening to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. My name is Colm Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. As always, I am joined by my co-host. It is Sean Siegel. Uh, some people know him as uh, the creator of the the running back or the zero RB philosophy that uh, is so uh, widely talked about in terms of the fantasy football circles and and draft debates. I guess we'll call it. And uh, Sean, today's show is going to continue with kind of a theme that we've had over the last couple of early week shows. We're going to look a little bit at the fallout of free agency and uh, I, I mentioned it to you before we we started recording um the free agents and their landing spots they don't always fit with uh, maybe where our dream scenarios would be and we'll be talking today if uh, any of these players land at where we would like to see them land or if they've landed maybe in somewhere where we would have preferred to see them not land so a couple of interesting candidates we did talk last week about the possibility of will fuller uh with the green bay packers you brought it up i said that i wasn't going to get my hopes up until something actually happened but 
that obviously didn't come to fruition over the, the past week so Packers uh, search for those uh, wide receiver options uh, will continue over the, the rest of the uh, offseason the draft season and so forth but um, some interesting landing spots um, over the last couple of days yeah it's it's been interesting to track where uh, these different guys are going and like you said it, it doesn't always work out I did a full dynasty super flex update of the rankings yesterday and so we're going to talk about where some of these guys are going now the risers the fallers you know what you should be thinking about when you're uh, drafting these guys in startups if you're sending out trades to try and acquire them now and we'll start out column with kenny galladay our detroit lions uh, star here the Lions embarking on what looks like it could be a five, six, seven, maybe a 35 year rebuild and have decided to get rid of all of their good players. Uh, DeAndre Swift is going to be there by himself next season. Uh, the complete collapse of anything positive in Detroit uh, does appear to be hurting his value a little bit, not surprisingly. But Galladay, we see move from the Lions to the New York Giants. This is kind of an interesting one because the Giants, what they really probably need is a better quarterback. And yet when you've drafted a young QB in the top five, he's demonstrated a little bit of upside. And, you know, we look at where the teams are now as they scramble for these quarterbacks, the prices that they're willing to pay. And before you give up on someone, you want to make sure that he can't be the guy. So they've gone with Galladay here to try and add to an offense that in some way was already a little bit more full than some of the other potential offenses that he could have gone into. Now, you have Golden Tate leaving. Golden Tate is still a little bit of a name in the NFL community but not someone who really is doing anything in reality, certainly not in fantasy and when you look at the targets and the air yards vacated here it really doesn't amount to much right yeah 52 targets for tate a measly 457 air yards that's not going to be enough for galladay so he's going to have to take a chunk out of some of the other players here the obvious candidate and i think sort of the the sad news for those of us who believe that it's actually not darius slayton who's the problem it's the quarterback play but slayton someone who had 97 targets but was being targeted way down the field, 13.7 depth, a 33% share of the air yards there for New York. He only caught 50 of his 97 targets, in part because, again, Daniel Jones struggling. Jones minus 34 passing fantasy points over expectation. Only Sam Darnold was worse last season. Now, Colin, when we look at this and we try and figure out what the offense is going to look like next year, one of the things that we have to keep... Uh, in consideration too is that Saquon Barkley missed most of the season only had nine targets now they did have some targets uh, split out to some of those guys who filled in for him but we would expect any kind of dynamic Giants offense to feature Barkley pretty heavily in the passing game so my question for you and and we'll give where I now have him ranked at the end but how, how do you expect this offense to look in 2021 you have Slayton you have Sterling Shepard You've got Evan Ingram. You've got Saquon Barkley. Uh, is Daniel Jones going to take the next step forward? Is Kenny Galladay the guy that we want here? I, I would think that you know potentially this isn't great for Galladay, but it's also bad for the rest of the pass catchers. 
it's one of those situations that I kind of hinted at when we were starting off where, you know, there's a lot of places that we could have seen him land where it would have added value to him and that team and also uh, not really add into the opportunities of the players that are on that offense. So you mentioned there, you know, Golden Tate's out, but not a, like 52 targets. It's not going to really be enough to keep the rest of the guys going in this offense. And the other thing you mentioned is Barkley only having nine targets on the season. So we're going to see a situation where, I would expect Barkley's numbers, hopefully injury-free this season, to go up dramatically. Uh, and I would also expect Kenny Galdi to get a good chunk of the work here. So we're looking at the the other guys on the offense and Slate and somebody who we've seen uh, develop quite uh, nicely. Um, unfortunately, I think it could be a case that there isn't enough really to go around to, for these guys to be you know those those top tier talents that we were probably hoping. And I think Galladay is going to be the clear number one. I, I really like Kenny Galladay as a as a player uh, one of the best contested catchers uh, in the nfl we see him make those difficult catches time after time and i think that was part of the reason that um you know him and um, matthew stafford had such a good kind of rapport stafford's not afraid to throw it into those uh, kind of difficult uh, windows and galladay was always willing to, to make the attempt to get it so i think if you're looking at it from a nfl team building perspective it's probably a really good move from us for a fantasy football perspective it's a little bit of a disappointing landing spot overall i think it also means that daniel jones is in a spot now where we basically are saying this is it you have to make that jump here uh, moving forward or time's going to run out pretty quick for him like he is only 23 he's going to turn 24 this offseason um you know 2019 draft pick but we've seen some flashes but uh, like they have been flashes where there's gaps in between then if not a huge amount happening so I think the Giants are putting a lot of faith in Daniel Jones here, but I think that you know it could it could turn sour very very quick if we don't see a leap forward from him. We've seen them uh, be be one of the more disappointing offenses uh, in recent years, and you know without Barkley last year they can have an excuse for it. But when you get Barkley back this year, there's no real excuses. They've added uh, some big free agency pieces and uh, none really bigger than Kenny Galladay, who for me was even though he's older in years and we're going to look at it from a dynasty perspective and how much his value is affected from that perspective and will he have value moving forward and can he maintain that value for resale and so on but in terms of um, an nfl move i think it's a a a pretty strong move from the giants but i think it's kind of one of those that might be papering over the cracks like you mentioned that the quarterback might be the issue it mightn't be the wide receivers that uh, you just mentioned there as well so, Colin, where would you have these guys now? I have Kenny Galladay. He falls from number 79 to number 90 for me. And for the reasons that we talk about on the show all the time, it's a fairly wide receiver heavy, you know, top 10 rounds. So for him, he falls to wide receiver 40. That puts him just after Allen Robinson, Terrace Marshall, and Denzel Mims. Mims, another uh, sort of interesting guy with the changes that they've made in new york we touched on those changes in new york last week but i didn't really mention that i think that mims is the big beneficiary there i thought that the jets might add some major pieces someone like a kenny galladay instead Corey davis and keelan cole i think that works really well to mims favor so kenny galladay now sits in the middle of the eighth round in superflex. we look at his quarterback being in that same range with him there uh, going in round nine is is this a range where you would like them do you think i've penalized galladay a little bit too much the other element that we have to uh, look at with galladay is that he despite having not been 
in the NFL for that long, he's no longer one of your young wide receivers here, right? So that also comes into play with him. When he gets the second contract, we really needed someone who was going to turn 28 during this season to be in the perfect landing spot for fantasy points in order to want him on our dynasty teams is he now just a clear sell for you or do you think that in this range he still has the opportunity to be someone you could buy are some other people going to be even heavier selling on galladay i think he falls into a situation where he's uh he's going to be a sell unless you're on a like if you're on a team that's rebuilding for example um i don't think there's any use in having him there i think it's going to be a case there of moving him on i think that this move in general like i mentioned you know with stafford like i think there's a, a downgrade here in quarterback i think there's a downgrade in overall uh, you know situation in terms of playing in new york there was a lot of uh, difficult wind conditions difficult weather conditions playing in detroit it's indoors all the time um so there's there's obviously not that to deal with we've talked a lot about how disappointed at times we've been in the the offensive scheme in detroit but more so with the running backs rather than the offensive uh, or sorry the wide receiver or pass catching pieces which have always been kind of buoyed a bit by matthew stafford so there's a couple of downgrades happening here and i i don't think you're uh, wrong to drop him down those spots the other thing you mentioned there is his age he did come into the league a little bit older and i know when he came into the league we were both uh, big fans and like i mentioned as an actual player still a big fan but the problem with that now is that as his seasons have rolled up here and now he's entered free agency and moved on he is much older than a lot of players making that first move in free agency so the landing spot just wasn't the the perfect landing spot and i think um uh, with everything that's happened and, and the landing spot i think it, it's right to uh, th- that value to take a little bit of a knock so i think he's in that range where some people will think it is a, a nice a nice value but with his age especially i think it's one that's going to you just have to, to proceed with that bit of caution because lots of question marks. You mentioned the likes of Denzel Mims in a kind of similar area. You know, we're looking at the targets to go around, the opportunities to go around, and the target share might just not be there this year for Kenny Galdi um, to, to to keep his production going in kind of a way it had been in, in Detroit. And somebody like Mims, where the offense mightn't be as exciting um, at the moment, he he is an opportunity to step up and, and get those targets as a, a wide receiver one. And, you know, he's a player who, although last year didn't go according to plan um you know the, the upside is there as a second year player going into the league the the value rise can happen with him whereas we're looking with kenny galladay um you know i would expect that each year we move forward his his draft adp is going to continue in these startups to get a little bit lower and a little bit lower so um if it was me in the draft i'd be i'd be going for that that upside play of, of somebody like a mems in that spot I think that you're right there. Uh, Daniel Jones may be more interesting in redraft, and specifically if you're looking at best ball Superflex leagues. He's currently going at QB 23 in the FFPC Superflex format. That's toward the end of round five, where we know from the Roster Construction Explorer that you really want to have those three QBs locked down. So with Big Ben, Tua, Kirk Cousins, uh, Derek Carr right ahead of him here, is he someone you'd be excited to kind of use as that last piece in round five they're sort of a a safe piece with a little bit of scrambling ability and now the passing volume almost certainly being locked in with Galladay do you move him ahead of Roethlisberger or Tua or with those guys getting Fuller and Juju back you just as soon have them instead 
I think with um, I, I would move him ahead of Roethlisberger. I think I would still take two ahead of him, uh, especially with the signing of uh, Fuller. So uh, again, talking back to somebody like Mims, the upside of the the growth that we may see from Tua this year, um, even though there was a lot of points last year where I didn't enjoy watching what he was doing uh, on a weekly basis when he was in there, um, but I, I think I would still take that shot with him, and I would have him above Roethlisberger based again on the upside. Like we're looking at a situation here where we know what Ben Roethlisberger is. We're we're going to get what Ben Roethlisberger does. There's going to be some big plays. There's going to be some very poor turnovers. And uh, with Daniel Jones, we're probably going to have something similar. But like you mentioned, the scrambling ability, and we've talked about the running quarterbacks over the last uh, number of months on the show and how much that can add the value. Daniel Jones has shown to be quite uh, quite uh, proficient in that way in terms of uh, rushing. So we can't pin all our hopes on that. But when we have Saquon Barkley back in, when we have Kenny Galladay there, you mentioned Darius Slitton, who uh, who I certainly like as a player. So there is a lot of positives. Um, and it's just about like, they're putting everything in place for that. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Daniel Jones to succeed will he succeed I'm not 100% sure but at his current ADP I think um, like he is probably the player on this offense that I think could be the value because he has to spread around that uh, target share whether it's going to be all to Galladay or all to Slayton that's going to be decided in the long run but he's going to be the one making those passes and I think that'll help uh, him sustain value so I, I'm I'm interested to see where his season goes but I, I mentioned it a minute ago I think this is uh it's uh, do or move on i think this season for daniel jones i think the, the giants are really giving him all the pieces and if he doesn't uh, deliver i think we could we could see things hot up for him very quickly look no one's perfect even the best baseball players strike out with the bases loaded the best golfer sometimes three putt with the tournament on the line so if you feel like you come up short in the bedroom sometimes it's perfectly okay but if it's bothering you there are options. Go to getroman.com slash rotoviz now. With Roman, you get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication's appropriate, it ships to you free with two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash RotoViz and complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving home. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. 
Go to GetRoman.com slash RotoViz now to get $15 off your first month. Look, there's a straightforward way to take care of your ED. GetRoman.com slash RotoViz. Get started now to save $15 on your first month of treatment. So, Sean, moving on to somebody else who's always been a, a pretty interesting candidate, uh, you know, to have on teams. He's he, he's actually somebody who I thought would have been interested in uh, landing with the Packers as well. I thought they might have had a chance here of uh, landing him based on thought the, the contract might uh, fit, fit a little better than the one that we talked about with uh, Will Fuller. Uh, I thought Kenny Galdes was always going to be a little bit high. So um, Curtis Samuel lands with the, the Washington football team. Um, always kind of that kind of player who can you know get those yards after the catch but can do a lot of different things in the offense and we've talked on the show many times about terry mclaurin how things work out for him him being the really i'd say the logan thomas last year being kind of the only piece i know we had jd mckissick there as well and we're trying to to fit all those um players in to see what we can we can get out of it but i think curtis samuel's a really good fit here in this offense and we talked a, a couple of weeks ago as well about uh, fitzpatrick falling into this spot so i think there's gonna be a very very interesting sign and he's somebody who when this this deal come in kind of perked my interest um quite a bit i don't know if you feel the same way sean but i, I just thought that um based on everything he's shown over the last year it hasn't really been consistent but they've used him in the running game they've used him in the passing game lots of different elements you can add him in and i think in this offense a bit like i mentioned earlier with mims he could be a major piece whereas if he was in another offense he might be the, the fourth or fifth option i think in this offense he could end up being the second or third option in terms of the pass game it's interesting when you go and look at how these two wide receiver depth charts broke down last season and the, and the nfl weekly explorer on the site does a fantastic job of letting you look and compare these players Curtis Samuel last year did have a good season, like you said, 97 targets, 844 yards, three touchdowns, had some additional rushing contributions. And that was on a team where you had two 100-plus target guys and Robbie Anderson being the surprise leader of that team in terms of targets with 138. That's actually more than Terry McLaurin had in Washington with 134. DJ Moore, 118. Both of those guys put up over 1,000 yards and both of them generated a lot of air yards as well 1300 plus for anderson 1500 plus for more this offense transformed last year to where more goes from being a little bit the underneath guy to the deep threat robbie anderson the speed demon on the team becomes sort of a, an underneath and intermediate threat and curtis samuel really becomes the possession uh, get the ball in his hands try and get some yards after the catch kind of player and one of the things that I think will determine whether or not he's successful in Washington is what they decide to do with him there, right? Because how he was used in 2020 was completely different than how he was used in 2019. So he's going back to a head coach who used him in a fashion in 2019 that was actually extremely unsuccessful, right? They used him as the deep threat. And every week people are saying, okay, well, he's getting these deep targets. All he has to do is catch a couple and suddenly he'll be uh, this fantasy dominator because when you have that much deep volume you only have to hit on a couple of them you know get that touchdown get the 50 60 yards all in one fell swoop and you have those fantasy points but it just never really materialized curtis samuel 
for all the speed that he has is probably not that type of player now it doesn't mean that 100 for sure he will never be able to catch a deep pass or that it never makes any sense to run him deep i think that you want to use his speed in a variety of ways but in 2019 he was targeted 14.2 yards down the field and his air conversion rate was only 0.4 right so when you talk about empty targets i mean that's the very definition it was to the point where at the end of the season he had to be phased out of the offense because it was just so empty so useless right 2020 that completely changes it gets cut in half he's targeted just over seven yards down the field but his conversion rate goes up above one and so i think that as we see what he does in washington and as he's this complement to mclaurin who's a more of an all-around player the better overall talent the more skilled wide receiver if they use him effectively as a compliment, then I think that will be good for both guys. Great for the Washington offense. If they try to shoehorn him into these roles that he's not really cut out for, then I think you could continue to have a little bit of that disappointment where every week you're sort of on the verge and then it's frustrating and then you can't play him in start sit kinds of leagues. But the other thing that I think is very promising, and this ties into a little bit we talked about last week and a really good article that Zach has up on the site about some of the quarterback changes in free agency. We have Ryan Fitzpatrick here as the likely starter in Washington. And I think that's a big upgrade over what Samuel had with Teddy Bridgewater in Carolina last year. And we know that uh, Fitzpatrick was successful last year. One of the reasons why he was in a little bit of demand again this season, but he averaged 1.4 touchdowns per game, 7.7 air yards per attempt and 59% conversion. I mentioned those specific numbers because they stand in fairly sharp contrast with Bridgewater who averaged only a touchdown per game was at 7.1 in terms of depth. And even though he was throwing shorter passes, he still converted them only at 53% in terms of air yards to receiving yards. So Fitzpatrick, a pretty big quarterback upgrade. If Washington uses Samuel correctly, if Fitzpatrick has another one of these magical seasons, I think that you could finally see Samuel jumping up into the ranks of the very playable wide receivers in this offense with Fitzpatrick, McLaurin, Samuel, Antonio Gibson could be a must watch, which would be a big change from what we've had in Washington the last several years. Yeah, and I think, yeah, you know, Bridgewater for me has always been somebody who's been a more cautious quarterback, and Fitzpatrick has always been the ultimate uh, uncautious quarterback, I guess we'll call it. So um, I think we're, we're definitely going to see more options there. And we kind of, you touched on it with the, the players in front of him, Anderson and Moore and Carolina. You know, you look at some of the players that could be in the mix, um, you know, in Washington and, and doesn't hold the same uh, stature in terms of uh, the players that are there. Um, is just uh, 24 years old as well. So, you know, plenty of time still to to have that uh, big breakout moving forward will be uh, turning 25 just before the start of the season. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster is up next in terms of landing spots. Sean, we did talk about the, the Steelers probably uh, a month ago maybe on the show and um, we kind of didn't expect him to end back with the Steelers. We were kind of talking about them uh, moving on and, uh, you know, Claypool and Deontay Johnson and how things would work out there. Does land back with the, the Steelers uh, one-year contract, $8 million, um i was fully expecting um f- fully expecting to land somewhere else um so it's going to be interesting to see how it shakes out we we did think last year kind of those three miles to feed in and smith schuster johnson and claypool was a, a difficult kind of situation to spread uh, spread the wealth around and 
I think we could be falling back into a, a very similar situation this year. How does it affect your thoughts on uh, those Steelers wide receivers in particular? And we already, I guess, talked about um, you know Big Ben versus uh, Daniel Jones. Um, uh, we've seen Big Ben. You know he came back from the injury last year, but there's still huge question marks around him. This team was you know on a roll at one point but it always felt a little bit like uh you know a, a paper tiger or it was a little bit false in terms of their their win loss record and the end of the season ended pretty poorly for them so h- how do you see this offense now as we move forward and and how does the landing spot affect uh juju and your ranks i think this is pretty devastating for smith schuster in terms of the long-term trajectory of his career he signs the one term one-year contract he has a chance when he's still very young to sign a bigger contract next season if he has a good year some of the other teams bandied about in relationship to him and you never know how accurate uh, this really is but if he had a similar opportunity to go to the kansas city chiefs i think that would have been uh, potentially the move that would have launched him it's hard to see how returning to pittsburgh is going to get him a much better contract next year and from a fantasy perspective how it's going to really fuel his rise back up the board so i have him falling from 80 to 94 that's not necessarily a huge fall but when you're talking about a player who's coming off of a down season still very young and had an opportunity to pick his spot at least to an extent then this isn't what you want to see right because juju those first three seasons looked like a star this last season he looked like a possession receiver and not even necessarily a good possession receiver you pull up the aya app on the site you can see ben roethlisberger there you look at his adjusted yards per attempt targeting different receivers from 2017 to 2019 and smith schuster leaves the way at 9.5 adjusted yards per attempt you know that's even well above antonio brown in that range who is at at 7.9 i mean smith schuster was really the guy appeared to be an ascending star you pull up 2020 and it's a completely different story here and it's not just kind of bad news for smith schuster i think this is pretty bad news for deontay johnson as well you have chase claypool at 9.5 you have james washington at 7.4 but johnson and smith schuster are down there at 6.3 and 6.2 respectively and you can see that not only is pittsburgh's passing game pretty inefficient in this area but there's also a lot of overlap in what they're doing i mean johnson a very shallow receiver at a target depth of 7.9 but smith schuster i mean he's almost running running back types of plays here down at 5.6 and with them cannibalizing each other but also being inefficient on these short targets where you know they're they're not getting the field stretching element with johnson obviously you had all of these drops so now we have these two guys both of whom are exciting players both of whom you have this enthusiasm for what they could be and to know that they're going to be back in the same offense with a quarterback whose arm appears to be shot i mean i think that we may get one more solid season from roethlisberger but you know he's no longer the playmaker that he once was we discussed the quarterbacks in relation to kenny galladay roethlisberger and i mean this comes as no surprise when you hear johnson and smith schuster's death but i mean he's down at 6.4 in terms of the target depth on average last season and even then he's only converting at a 44 percent rate which you know a lot of that goes back to the drops all of his receivers had trouble holding the ball last year but i don't think that 
people wanted to see them come back and run this offense back the same way you have chase claypool who was looking at a breakout now is a little bit more disappointing not because he's not going to be the guy because he still could be i mean you want the ascending player there you want the guy who can beat you all over the field we talked about matt spencer's freak score uh, article last week and how claypool was the real standout there he could be the big time touchdown guy in this offense but to have these guys competing in an offense that may again be inefficient i think that's frustrating to everybody yeah it really is and i, I was hoping for a different landing spot um and to you know have an opportunity for him to bounce back we obviously were concerned about last year but i think this year going into it we're going to be concerned heading into it i think you know still so young showed so much promise in those uh, early two seasons basically and uh, it's just it's, it's fallen off in a, in a major major way so we, we may see that bounce back but i think we're gonna have to temper expectations there is always that question is you know he's gonna hit free agency next year you know hopefully he has a good season and gets to move to a better situation but so many question marks around and uh, you know I, i'm rooting for juju to for everything to work out right for him i always liked him as a player but it's very difficult um, for that to happen. Uh, some somebody who we've always rooted for as well, and last year was having his his big breakout, but then unfortunately finished the season suspended. That was Will Fuller. Um, we talked about the possibility of him ending up in Green Bay. Obviously, that didn't happen. Ends up uh, ends up in a situation with Miami. I think it really boosters that offense. I, I like Will Fuller a huge amount um, as as a player, but he is starting to uh, get a little bit older now. Um, you know, as we move forward here, Sean. I think it's a, a good landing spot. Could have been better, um, but I think he has a chance here to to be, you know, if not a number one receiver, as close to it in this offense as you can be. Um, and I think it's going to be interesting to see how Tua can use that. I think if we, you know, if we didn't uh, have Ryan Fitzpatrick in, in Washington, I think if we still had him on the Dolphins, I think that'd have been a lot of fun to see him uh, throwing it deep uh, to Will Fuller. But it's going to be interesting to see if if Tua can step up to the plate. It is interesting to see these teams given those young quarterbacks the pieces to try and see if they can actually make it at this level yeah and fuller here i think becomes the guy you have Devonte parker who is always a little bit more hype than he is actual production but two different players right you have fuller as the vertical guy you have parker as the contested catch guy you know when he's on when he gets open enough that you can even throw the ball up to him and have those contested catches tool will be interesting to follow i think this signing makes him someone who is now very rosterable in best ball leagues where you, you have to get those two three guys in super flex it'll be interesting to, to follow this offense in a lot of ways the contrast between a rookie who is going to naturally be a little bit more conservative is trying to protect the ball is trying to make the right decisions uh, with a veteran like ryan fitzpatrick who's going to be on the very very far opposite end of the spectrum where he throws caution to the wind attacks downfields reads the defense so quickly and you know has that Jameis winston-esque ability to make the big plays not concerned about throwing the ball uh, into traffic you know giving up some of those interceptions that kind of contrast is going to make the rookie look worse than he has now we also have the contrast with joe burrow and justin herbert who had much much better seasons and i think the expectations going in for Tua versus herbert create this environment in which there's now a lot of skepticism about Tua I think that some of that skepticism is justified we have this situation now where we can see just how talented the wide receiving core was that he had at Alabama and so suddenly 
all the different positives more or less boil down to accuracy. And accuracy is important, but accuracy at the NFL level in, in most cases needs to be paired with this veteran experience that you get with guys like a Kurt Warner or a Phillip Rivers you know, that type of player who can use the accuracy and the anticipation to make plays. For a rookie, if that's your main strength, it's a little bit more difficult because you're not processing things quickly enough to really use the accuracy. So the questions that you get with Tua that really are mitigated at the collegiate level because your team is so much better than everyone else's, you know, now we have the concerns about athleticism, we have the concerns about size, we have the concerns about arm strength. And, you know, does he have enough other talent to go with his accuracy to be a big time NFL quarterback that's a little bit still out there in terms of you know what the jury decides but getting uh, fuller into the equation is going to help him getting a little bit more experience is going to help him there you know his rookie season wasn't a disaster it just wasn't at the level that allowed the Dolphins to really take the next step to being a clear-cut playoff team we know that Early drafted quarterbacks tend to make this big jump in year two. Fuller definitely gives him that opportunity. But at the same time, I still have Fuller dropping from 70 to 81 as a result of the insertion into this offense that probably isn't as well constructed to take advantage of his vertical ability. So we have him following. We have three of the four guys following here. Column the riser and the number we didn't. Uh, actually give was Curtis Samuel he rises from 132 to 115 so he's still below the other three guys but we can see the impact of free agency when we look at how much closer he is now when we contrast Samuel who really hasn't done much at the NFL level and a year ago looked like he was on the verge of maybe not washing out of the league but becoming you know more of your Tavon Austin Cordero Patterson type of player to now someone who justifiably, you know, is just a round or two behind these three established stars. Yeah, and I know as well, um, with, with the piece, Sean, you have a couple of other updates in there as well that the listeners can check out. Emmanuel Sanders, John Brown, Nelson Aguilar all in there. Um, and I know that Zach has uh, some updates on uh, AJ Green as well, Marlon Mack, Andy Dalton and Ryan Fitzpatrick. So there's lots of uh, good information up on, on the website, Neil Dutton as well, diving in with uh, Gerald Everett and Marvin Jones. So you can check out all the, the different information up on the website and um, you know see how the guys are feeling about how those guys are faring out in those landing spots, if you should be moving them on from your rosters or if you should be keeping them on those rosters or targeting them in 2021 as always as a loyal podcast listener you can get yourself 10 percent uh, off a one-year rotoviz subscription to get access to all that content and uh, you can do that by adding the code rv radio 2021 at checkout we're going to rotoviz.com forward slash podcast for further information as always give us a written interview on your favorite podcast app we do appreciate that greatly we're coming up pretty close here uh, over the next couple of weeks to episode 200 it's hard to believe episode 200 of road of his overtime we might uh, you know run some contests as we get close to that but that'll be coming up in the very near future around the time off the draft so uh, dropping us those written reviews uh, can be a, a nice thank you uh, for for those 200 episodes as we get as we get closer but that's going to do it for today's edition of the show we will be back on thursday with another one uh, my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at Overtime Ireland, and as always, joined by Sean Siegel. Make sure you're checking out all of his great work up on rotoviz.com. And until we're back with that next show on Thursday, as always, have a good one.
Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.